0: You're listening to the ClearTrack HR Podcast, a show about employee benefits, employment law, and other topics for HR professionals. Don't forget to subscribe if you like what you hear. Now here's our host, Zach Finney.
1: Thank you for listening to the ClearTrack HR Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Finney, very pleased to announce our guest today. His name is Garrett Keith. He's been with Westminster Christian Academy for 12 years as a strength and conditioning coach. He attended the University of North Alabama, where he was a four-year letterman and captain of the UNA football team. Garrett is a certified strength and conditioning specialist through NSCA, as well as holding certification in underground strength, and is a certified physical preparation specialist. As if that wasn't enough, he is also the Alabama state director for the National High School Strength Coaches Association, where he was also named the 2019 NHSCA Coach of the Year. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going, Garrett?
0: Man, it is going good. Um, Man, life is better than I deserve it, and I get to talk about uh, things that I'm passionate about today, and that's always a joy.
1: And then just full disclosure to our audience. So Garrett was referred to to me as as being a good podcast guest, and they didn't give me the name of this person at first, and then when I saw it, I said... I actually know this guy. We went to U N A together. We were in the same fraternity, so we've known each other for gosh, been I guess 20 years now, Garrett. So I know you got my list that I gave you of things you're not allowed to talk about as far as our college days. You did get that, right?
0: I did get that, and I expect you to uphold your end of the bargain as well.
1: I I do. I have the list, and I promise I, I won't. If if our audience in the middle of the audio just hears a blank silence, that's because we probably had to black something out that was on the list, but we're gonna try to forget about those times because they were fun, but they are behind us. And so what have you been up to these days? Tell our audience a little bit about yourself.
0: Uh, So like Zach already mentioned, I've been coaching at Westminster for 12 years. Previously, I was at American Christian Academy in Tuscaloosa for five years. and So I've been coaching for 17 years in Christian education. And the majority of that, the first, 13 years of that, um, I was a football coach as well. And over the past three to four years, I've been able to step away from football and focus more of my energy on the the whole of our student body. Uh, Now, ever since I've been at Westminster, I've been coaching all of our students. um, But during the fall, I, I wasn't able to do as much as I wanted to. Uh, because of the time that football demanded as a position coach so it's been real blessing to be able to do that um, I've got a a wife who is an emergency room nurse um, I've got two young children a nine-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son and uh, as of today our family grew um, we got a dog for the first time in our marriage which actually today is my wedding anniversary 15 years oh, wow. today um yeah so uh, Things have been going well, um, you know, in the middle of this pandemic, coaching has changed a lot. The amount of students that I get to see on a normal basis has changed. Um, a lot of them are on Zoom calls, but um, I have to remind myself every day that whether the kids are on Zoom or whether they're here in person, um, it's a blessing to get to coach them and be a part of their lives. And, and it's a huge calling and a responsibility.
1: And it happy anniversary, man. I did not know that. You said 15 years? 15 years today. Your wife must be a saint of a woman. So big shout out to her for putting up with Garrett for 15 years now. I mean, that's serious.
0: Yeah, there's there's no lies there. She is a better woman than I deserve.
1: <laughs> well, let's dig into to kind of the strength and conditioning. When we think of strength and conditioning and sports in general, I mean, I personally think something that's underestimated is how sports really play a role in shaping individuals to be successful after sports. I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I, I think sports give us such an opportunity to reveal our character, but then also to um, develop it and, and and change it. You know, I've learned so many lessons in life because of athletics, and, I, and that's why I've been a part of it for so long uh recently a, a friend of mine made a made a post about um how important fine arts are in a school setting and and there was an undertone to it that that made it sound like athletics worked and so i i talked with this this friend of mine and i said you know i understand your perspective and and fine arts do make a huge um huge impact on a lot of students there's no denying that all the co-curricular activities that we've got at Westminster or great opportunity for our students, but don't don't discount athletics and think of it just as something that takes place over a four year span as a high school athlete, or maybe a eight year span if you're a college athlete as well. And then for the very, very few that go on to play professional athletics, it's not just about your time in the trenches, playing those sports or even training for those sports. It's about what you learn about how to treat people, how to love people. How to come together as a community? How to look past your differences that you have, and um, and show people respect. And you know, with the things that have gone on in our country that have been brought to light, things that have been going on for hundreds of years, but things that have been really been brought to light over the past few months. Um, you know, I think athletics is a great place where we learn those lessons of regardless of the color of our skin, the the culture that we're from, or whatever. Um, man, you, you get in a football locker room or you get in a basketball huddle, or you get in a, in a baseball dugout or whatever the case may be, and you're not worried about those things. You're focused on working together for a purpose greater than yourself. And those things play a huge role, whether you, you end up like me in a, in a coaching field or if you end up as an executive in, in an office building. You know, if it's just about you, your company's probably not gonna be successful. But if you've learned how to get a team to work together, you've learned how to fight through um, differences and fight through conflict and come out the other side better, then your company's gonna be better. You know, I talked to our kids, we use a book written by John Gordon called uh, The Hard Hat, it's 21 lessons on how to be a great teammate. And when we go through that in our character curriculum, I tell them, you know, that a lot of this talks about being a great teammate, different sports, you know, examples. But the thing that I want you to understand as a student is a team is not just a sports team in this in this instance, what we're talking about. As a school, we're a team. Everybody that puts that W on their shirt, that puts that man that W on their shorts or whatever, man, they're as a part of Westminster, we're one big team from K-3 through 12th grade, from the head of school to the janitorial staff. It doesn't matter. We're part of a team. Your family's a team. Uh, you know, I, I like to tell my own children, hey, we're team Keith. And, and, and my children will tell you, Keith, don't quit. It's, not, man, we're not gonna do that. We're not about that. You know, our team's got certain, um, certain values that we've gotta live by. And I love, you know, I ask my students sometimes, what are some other examples of teams? And they'll say, our church, it's a team. You're exactly right. Everybody's got a job to do. And we've got to do our job and love each other while we're doing it. And so I think those are some of the things that are life lessons that continue on after athletics. And it's those things that I I harp on to our kids, because no matter how strong, no matter how fast I can get a kid, no matter how athletic they are, eventually all those skills and tools are going to diminish and what have I? What tools have I given them to be the best man or woman they can be? To be the best father, husband, the best wife, the best mother. What tools have I given them to be? Is what's going to be, what's going to last the longest? And um, it's those and the relationships that I get to build through this, through this calling um, that I really
1: love. And then you you mentioned values. I spoke to some of your, some of your players, and they had mentioned your core values when it comes to strength and conditioning can you expand on that a little bit
0: yeah so in our again our character curriculum the first thing that i go through every year is our core values and these aren't the um this isn't the philosophy of strength and conditioning it's not you know talking about multi-joint ground-based movements or you know the different phases of hypertrophy and speed and power and strength development our core values for us is um when I go through it, I, I explain first off what the word core and what the word values means. And when we talk about core from the body's perspective, its main job isn't to flex and do sit ups. So its main job is to provide stability for our body while our body's in motion. So whether we're running, jumping, doing a deadlift, doing a squat, our core is there to provide stability because if it doesn't, we're not going to be able to complete that squat. We're not going to be fast. We're not going to be able to jump high. That's why, people who teach core exercises that are applicable to athletics, the majority of them, they're doing things like low planks, they're doing side planks or um, dead bugs, different core exercises that create stability. And then we'll explain what values mean, that the word value means what something's worth. And so we'll go through talking about um, that everybody has a different set of values and it's not that everybody values things differently. It's not just monetarily, it could be um, it could be what something is valuable to you emotionally. We all see th- those things differently. So we talk about our core values being the things that create stability for us emotionally and spiritually while life is emotion. And so we'll go through and I'll explain to them that, hey, life is gonna be good and there's gonna be bad times in life. And if you don't have something that's gonna bring you back to your homeostasis, it's not gonna. if you don't have something that's gonna create stability for your life, you're gonna make reactions based on emotions instead of decisions that are based on values. And the majority of the time when we make reactions that are based on emotions, we have to live with some consequences that we're not happy about. Um, whether it's getting cut off in traffic and reacting emotionally, and yelling and and giving them some sign language or whatever that may be. We got to live with the consequences of that. Man, if my daughter's in the back seat and she sees me act like that, I got to deal with the consequences of she thinks that's okay. But if I make a decision based on values and I say, man, I have no idea what that person is going through, if I show empathy towards that person and just go, no big deal, and my daughter sees that as, as how I react. And so I get to live with the, the consequence of that, which is a good thing. Um, And so our core values are God-centered, consistent, accountable, respectful, and efficient. And so we'll spend a week going through, and when I say a week, we'll spend one session per week going through what each one of those core values means for me as a coach and for them as a student. And because I want them to know what they should expect out of me. And I want them to know what I'm going to expect out of them. And then, when we finish going through those, we'll talk about the origin of that, which is actually from Matthew 22, 37 through 40, uh, when Christ told us that the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God, and the second greatest was to love your neighbors yourself. And that's where all of our core values come is based out of. And then, the next step of that is I'll go through a series of, of teaching them how to create their own core values. Because as much as I want them to know the core values of Westminster Strength and Conditioning, in five years, my core values don't matter if they didn't create their own core values because they're gonna be in a situation where they've gotta make choices based off of their values. And if they don't have any values, they're gonna make some pretty bad choices. Um, so I, I love going through that process. And if you will, I could spend an hour talking about these <laughs> so I can delve <laughs> off deep into that or we can leave it there if you want to.
1: And And, that's, that's great, Gary. And then let's let's think of kind of or think about athletes. You mentioned that previously being a position coach and that sort of thing, but now you're getting to work with all the student at- athletes or the entire student population. When you're thinking of building an entire sc- a school population, a workout regimen, for example, I mean, when that's applied to an athlete, do you, do you need to adapt the workout regimen to be based on their gender, their current athletic ability, or even the person's individual mindset, or is it just standard across the board?
0: So we've got a progression. We've got uh, four blocks, block zero, one block, block one, block two, block three. And so it's kind of based on training age. So block zero is students that are new to the school or they're new to the program, and, and it's their first time with me. And it's really not based off of chronological, chronological age it's based off of their training age. And even if a student, you know, they come in and they, you can tell they've got a good bit of muscle mass. They're an athlete. I want to, they're going to start off in block zero because I want to make sure their movement patterns are correct. They may just be a genetic freak. It's got a lot of muscle, but they don't move well. And so I want to make sure they move well first. So that's what block zero is about. Block one is where we start loading them. And, um and they have to hit certain landmarks before they move up to block two and block three, um, which is where we load them with a barbell and we start doing some different things with them and, and the program becomes a little bit more, um, more comp- not complicated, but a little bit more difficult. Um, so really it's not based off of gender. Um, you know, there's old myths that, you know, females shouldn't train like males. Well, if I'm asking a female to do basically the same thing a male is on the field, yeah, there ne- needs to be, About ninety percent of it's going to be the same. Are there some things that need to be a little bit different? Yeah, there's a very small portion that may need to be a little bit different. There's some things that a female can do that males can't do. Um, Females generally train at a higher volume, at a higher intensity, that or with a higher intensity than males can. Um, We know that males generally have more upper body mass than females do, so there's some differences there. Um, But it's more about um, where they're currently at, ability wise, and trying to progress them to the next level. You know, that block zero to me is just a bodyweight program, really, and some very lightweight dumbbells. Um, but it's a great way to get students that are intimidated by weight room, um, that are intimidated by a coach. And, and I know this is in the video call, so you can't see me, but I'm 6'2, two, about 250 pounds, bald head with a big beard. So a young student may be intimidated the first time, and I've got an angry resting face. So uh, you know, students come in and like, what? What's that guy mad about? Like, I'm not mad. I'm happy. Um, So uh, you know, that can be intimidating to a young student, and I want to take away that intimidation factor when they first come in and give them a sense of, hey, this weight room's for me. It's not just for the big football players. It's not just even for the, the stud athletes. I love having students in my class that don't play any sports. Uh, in fact, this past year we had I had a parent email me before the school year started and they said my, and, and you know, obviously with the COVID protocols and issues they were worried about sizing of classes. And I had a mom email me and say, hey, my son doesn't play any sports. I know you're worried about, you know, the sizing of the classes, can he still be in there? Do you want him in there? And I said, man, I'd love to have him in there because my purpose is bigger than developing athletes and and helping teams win. That's a part of my goals, but my purpose is to make a a lasting impact on every student that I can. So do I want your son in there? Crap, yes, I want him in there. Um, Please bring him in there. Um, and, And I love seeing those students develop a love for the weight room. And develop a desire to move up in blocks, which is what those landmarks are there for, where kids have to hit certain ability levels before they move on to the more difficult thing.
1: And, and so let's say, let's just think about football. So if you're making a, a workout regimen, you know, just that strategy uh, for. Building and developing that team, does the workout regimen change based on, let's say, the style of play that team plays with? So um, a team that runs the ball ninety percent of the time versus one that's throwing the the rock all over the place?
0: You know, in the high school setting, unless you're at a very highly developed high school, I don't think it does. Um now, in the weight room, um, from the conditioning perspective, yes. Um, there's going to be a lot that goes on on the conditioning level that that is going to need to change if you are a high tempo offense or um, you know and again the conditioning changes a lot based on the sport that you play Um, but from a strength and conditioning standpoint in the weight room the majority of the athletes that we have are so um, general that they need pretty much the same thing they need to be able to create stability, they need to be able to um, get in certain movement patterns, they need to get stronger. Uh, I've never had an athlete that was too strong. (laughs) Um, I've never had an athlete that was too stable. Um, So they need those things in the weight room first, and then the specificity really comes into play in conditioning and in practices. Now, one of the things that a lot of people talk about is sports-specific workouts. And there's a there's a misunderstanding or miscommunication out there about at what level you really need what they would say sports specific is. The weight room is GPP, it's general physical preparedness. And the majority, again, 90% of what we're gonna do in the weight room is build those foundational movement patterns and strength levels that every athlete needs. And then 10% of the time, Maybe, hey, I'm dealing with overhead athletes or a quarterback or somebody that puts their body in a certain position that we need to modify movements for them. But as far as from a uh, philosophical standpoint of a football team in the weight room, no, I don't think you're going to make a ton of changes there. You know, I I don't think even if you're an air raid offense, you're not going to go, at at least in my situation, I'm not going to say, well, you know, that lineman's too big. We gotta stop having them lift so many weights. Now right. there there may be some schools that have that problem and man, I'd love to have that problem to have a bunch of six, five, you know, two hundred and ninety pound kids that I said, you yeah, know, you're too big, <laughs> but uh right. we don't have that problem.
1: And I mean, let's go back to the first quarter of two thousand twenty. I mean, I gotta assume your job changed dramatically after the pandemic hit.
0: Wow. Um, You know, honestly, I just got chills thinking about that. Um, I was at a uh, kind of a a function with with some friends, uh, one of them being our head of school on March 13th, when we found out that we were going to be shut down for a week ahead of beginning. It was a week or two after spring break because we were just about to go into spring break. And I remember thinking, man, a week or two, that's going to be tough. And then it turned into, a month and then the rest of the spring and then in, and then, in the summer, when we finally got back together, it was a whole different world um and how we were training. I had blue blue tape and green tape all over our weight room taped off. We had x's outside the weight room where students had to stand and we had to get their temperature before they walked in the weight room. Um, they had to go to their box and they stayed in their box. Um, they had to change clothes, and they could only enter the weight room in one place and exit it in another. Um, they had to change clothes from training out to practice, from practice into training. Um, the amount of disinfectant and, <laughs> that we've gone through, the amount of towels that we've washed uh, since all this happened is has been crazy. Um, and it was really hard for a while. Um, especially for the kids to have to do something that was so different from what they've done. And one of the things I love about our administration at Westminster is we're gonna do the best thing we could with the information that we had. Um, You know, I know there's some places that I know of that, man, things didn't change a whole lot for them. They just went on as normal, just threw masks on at first. And, um, And we were gonna, you know, do, what we thought was best for our students. And it, and it was tough, um, but what hasn't changed is the focus on building relationships and building young people um, up for what God's meant for them. And it's been you know, vital for us as educators um, and as coaches to understand that no matter how frustrated we may be with the situation and not being able to coach and, and do some of the activities that we used to do, it's just as hard or harder for the students so probably the biggest toll that it's taken is needing to be more um, intentional with seeing how our students are doing and being there for them and providing a an escape for them uh, from some craziness and providing
1: support for them and then you know, this is so on a personal level. I know our, t- our team here at ClearTrack, when, it, when it, here we had to go to uh, uh, transition to, uh, you know, that full remote work and in theory, you know, I may have gained like eight pounds since Thanksgiving, <laughs> I think after Thanksgiving, I'm like, hey, I'm trying to lose that. But I mean, with organizations moving to that remote work, do you have any pointers on what people can do to stay mobile and healthy during the work week?
0: Yeah. So, you know, my job, I'm up moving around all the time. And when we first went to remote learning um, in the spring, I was sitting on my butt most of the day in front of a computer screen, talking to kids, um, doing all these conferences and things. And, man, I felt for people that normally sit all day because my back like went into I had some back issues just from sitting all day. And um, so I can imagine what, you know, the the population that's on sitting all day and, and doing that, that working from home, how difficult that is. A few things that I would say, very general, because obviously um, everybody's got their own needs, but um, is create a schedule. Um, it's so easy to, if you get off of a, a call, whether it be a conference call or or a little bit of work, to just sift over to social media or maybe for you to sift over to some news channel and and watch or to read up on the latest political issues or whatever, Um, but I would say any time that you get off of a call and you've got the ability to get up, even if it's for 10 minutes, get up and walk, to get up and be active, to stretch. Um, You know, there's a, a ton of information out there on, on stretches that you can do even in an office setting. And, and I've shown some of my coworkers this at different times, things that you can do, your hip flexors get incredibly tight when you sit all the time. And when your hip flexors get tight, it puts stress on your low back. Everybody you know, develops low back problems are very common and people try to stretch their back. And and it's one of those things where, hey, you need to spend some time on your hip flexors. You need to spend some time on your glutes. And, and one thing I'll throw out there that, um, you know, everybody out there can YouTube this, Joe DeFranco, Limber 11. Um, the video is about 19 minutes long, but once you learn the the program, it takes about 10 minutes to do, and you only need a lacrosse ball or some type of ball and a foam roller, and the rest of it is just stuff you do um, with just your body. But man, if if you're out there suffering from low back pain, that's a great little tool that I've used over the years and used with my athletes when they need it. Um, but other than that, I would say, start the day with activity. Um, you know, people get wrapped up and I don't have the time to do this. I don't have the time to to spend an hour for working out. You don't have to, if you're looking for some general healthier habits. Now it's not going to get you to, to look like an IBF, you know, bodybuilder. But if you get up in the morning and, and the first thing you do is go for a 20 minute walk. And that's going to have an effect on your not just your physical health, but also your mental health. Um, and then there's been, you know, several, several high level coaches that have um, that have pushed for the benefit of multiple 10 minute walks a day. So it may be where you get off that conference call and I got 15 minutes to my next one. Well, I'm gonna get up and go for a walk outside. And not only are you getting that activity, but you're getting vitamin D that most of us have a deficiency in as well, so I think those would be the main things. Create a schedule. Start the day with activity. Um, divide your workout throughout the day. It may be that you get multiple ten-minute walks, or you get, you know, a set of push-ups, um, a set of planks, and some walking lunges in in ten minutes, and then you're back on the computer and you do it again later. Um, but being consistent about it is gonna be the the major major key to success is not just doing it for a week and and you feel a little sore and you stop it, but finding a way to continue and and my athletes will tell you that um when they start talking about being sore, say, man, motion is lotion, and if you if you're sitting still when you're sore, you're not gonna stop being sore. you gotta get moving."
1: I like that, and then I did take notes during that whole answer, Garrett, so I'm, I'm, I'm starting tomorrow, tomorrow though. I'm gonna do there it. There we go. And, and I mean, if there's any way we could move my kitchen like away during the work hours, it'd be great. It's just it's so convenient, Garrett, I can see it from my office, I just see the fridge. So um, you,
0: you, you hit on what is the number one key, and um, I can't believe I didn't mention this, uh, you can't out-train a bad diet. Uh, no matter how many walks you go on or how much exercise you do man i, I I've been trying to do it for a majority of my life and i am proof that you can't out train a bad diet um, so <laughs> nutrition is key
1: and and gary I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast with i mean you have brought a plethora of great information but here on the podcast, we like to learn the expertise of our guests and then kind of get to know them on a more lighter note by doing some rapid random fire questions. Are you down for that?
0: Man, I'm always down.
1: All right, dude. Let's start it up let's, we'll easy softball to start with. What is your favorite TV series of all time? Friends. Nice. If you could go back in time to your college days, what advice would you give yourself?
0: um be smarter (laughs) make better
1: decisions i can i can attest to that and then we mentioned before the show started uh we were in a fraternity together what was the best part about being in fraternity in college Um,
0: the the bonding the the time together the the um opportunity to to meet more people and build more relationships life is a life is about relationships and the fraternity gave me a, a, an opportunity to build a lot more of them.
1: Should we measure greatness by championships? No. Um,
0: in so, in some instances, they can help to attest to greatness, um, but there are other ways to measure it as well.
1: And then we'll do a thing here. We'll, I'm going to name two two things. You tell me what's better, which is better, just whatever you prefer on this. All right. Okay. NFL or college football? College football. Alabama or Auburn? Alabama roll tide. Hey, Amen. Offensive line or defensive line?
0: Offensive line, man, they are selfless.
1: <laughs> They're the smartest of the whole team, right? Those your most intelligent That's right. people. That's right. Uh, ground and pound or air raid?
0: Ground and pound.
1: Let's run the rock.
0: Trevor Lawrence
1: or Mac Jones?
0: Mac Jones, the Joker.
1: Okay, so if you're sitting the Jets' number one pick, you're not you're not going to pick Trevor Lawrence.
0: Now you didn't say who was the number one pick. I did. I'm just I no. I'm asking, I'm
1: asking. if you had okay. the number one pick and you're an NFL team, which one would you go with?
0: I'm going. I'm picking
1: Trevor Lawrence. Just because of the upside. Yeah. Yeah. Have you? I mean, I, Matt
0: Jones this is a pro style quarterback, though.
1: Here, I, I'm not trying to. Jinx the guy, but he reminds me of Tom Brady. I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan, but it's the same, it's just very fast decisions. And because he makes it look so easy, I think it's underestimated how good this kid is. I mean, the balls he's throwing, especially deep balls, I mean, over 35 yards is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And people, you know, talk about the tools he's got, and he's got amazing tools, but he also has to be able to put the rock out there so they don't have to um, adjust to it. They can just catch it on the fly.
1: Absolutely. Bird or Magic?
0: Man, first instinct I said Bird.
1: I mean, yeah, I I would like a player that could make a jump shot, so I'm with you. Barry Sanders or Emmitt Smith?
0: Oh man, I grew up loving Emmitt Smith, but if we're going with the best, it's Barry.
1: I mean, how many yards is Barry getting if he got to run behind that offensive line that Emmitt got? Instead of being...
0: He's getting, uh, he's going to have every yard.
1: Every yard, exactly. Jordan or LeBron? Jordan, get your mind right. First of all, my child's name is MJ. You don't have to tell me to get my mind right on Jordan. But I would have ended the podcast right then if you said LeBron. Um, Kobe or LeBron? The, mm. Respect to Kobe.
0: And I do love LeBron. Don't don't let me sound come off like a LeBron hater. I do love LeBron. You are an amazing not athlete. LeBron
1: I best mean, he's... passer to ever play.
0: Basketball or my football?
1: Opinion. No, I'm saying LeBron, I think, is the best passer to ever play oh, yes. the game. Like you think of everything else about him, but he makes a bounce pass from twenty eight feet to a shooter's pocket better than any player in the history, in my opinion. It's incredible his passing ability.
0: Yeah, he's special, so, on the, and I've always been in awe of his athletic ability.
1: He's just a freak.
0: Yeah, in yeah, a world I mean, of freaks, he's a freak.
1: I mean, what what would he look like at a tight end position? I mean, what are you going to do with that? He'd be an all-pro Hall of Famer. So speaking of all-pro Hall of Famers, who is the best NFL quarterback of all time?
0: Come on now. Tom Brady's the
1: GOAT. He's the GOAT? I agree 100 He's the GOAT. If uh, Wilt Chamberlain played in today's NBA, would he be an All Star?
0: Yes, yes. There's not really? enough big man in the league that could. No, yeah. There, there's not enough guys in the post now. Obviously, he's he's not getting out on the perimeter and, and doing any work. But man, th- who's gonna who's gonna stop him in the post?
1: I think anybody was gonna stop him in the post, and I, th- I think that with today's game, he's borderline irrelevant. It'd be seven one two seventy six and can't shoot a jump shot. But I I just, he played, it's like if we went out and played against, I don't know, a kindergarten basketball team. That is the size relation to who he was playing against. I mean, he was playing against people's accountants in the NBA. I mean, he scored 100 points. Yeah. I don't know if anybody was taller than 5'6 in that game. I mean, so I don't know. I don't know. I, will, I, I guess you, he would adapt because he's an athlete. I mean, I think he was even in the Olympics. Wasn't he Threw shot put or something? So I, I guess. I yeah, he was brave. Yeah. Who wins in a cage fight, Nick Saban or Mike Ditka?
0: Oh, man, I'm an Alabama guy, but Ditka.
1: I mean, he beats everything, right? If you could go Congrats. back in time and see any musician live front row, who would it be?
0: Man, I don't know why, but my mind instantly goes to Jimi Hendrix.
1: That's mine. Good tip. Man, good taste. And then last and final question, my favorite question that we ask, what is the best movie of all time?
0: My favorite movie of all time is Tombstone.
1: Great choice. Garrett, man, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast with us today. I know you're super busy and thanks so much for taking the time to to come on the podcast. I know you mentioned, I believe, Joe DeFranco, Limber 11, uh, The Hard Hat uh, book. With, we're gonna put that all in show notes. Um, and anything else, um, Garrett, that you would like to send over, we're gonna put it in show notes so people can see that resource that you were talking about. And again, I appreciate you coming on. Um, and I hope you come back sometime, man.
0: Man, I appreciate it. You, you did a great job hosting, and um, and I, I just appreciate the opportunity to talk about things that that I'm uh, passionate about.
1: Awesome! And thank you so much for all our listeners. Please like and subscribe. You can find all things podcast at www.cleartrackhr.com/podcast. I'm your host, and for our guest, Garrett Keith. Thank you so much and we will talk to you again soon.